The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. Kia ora koutou katoa, and welcome to Business is Boring. There are a few things we do today that we'll look back on and wonder what we were up to like with lead pipes or asbestos everything. And one of those might just be something we're surrounded by, but think about very little. Paint has been made from toxic and petrochemical ingredients, and one local business looked at this situation and decided we needed to do better. Natural Paint Co. began when a nurse and a recent graduate working in the paint industry realised how far the status quo was from their values and went about sourcing, manufacturing and selling natural paints and coatings. They've grown online from values match and word of mouth and to talk the journey, where they're going next and what the problem is with paint, co-founders Grace Glass and James Mount join us now. Tina Koroa, thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> hey, so tell me about your path into the industry. So, Grace, you were working in nursing, right? Like, how did you get in there and how do you go from that world to this amazing world of, of making a company like this? Yeah, super interesting, right? And um, not one that I imagined I would be in, probably as a young girl, um, owning a paint company and um, challenging the way we do paint wasn't something I thought I would do. But um, yeah, so I was working as a nurse and um, I was working in the emergency department, super passionate about people's health and wellness and well-being, um, had always been from such a young age. And then um, James, my business partner, co-founder, um, fell into the paint industry after he left university. And we really realised there just how toxic the paint industry actually was and how reliant on petrochemicals it really was and that nobody here in New Zealand was really challenging the status quo and um, we were reducing chemicals in our own lives I had started moving to natural makeup natural skincare and could really see that industries were moving and changing and that um, things could be natural without having that compromise right and so, and then at the same time, research had come out from uh, the EPA to say that our indoor air quality is two to five times more polluted than the air outside, and that when a room is freshly painted, it's up to a thousand times more polluted than the air outside. And so James and I really thought, well, we need to kind of do something about this. <laughs> this, is, this is an issue that hasn't been solved. Um, so at the really young age of 22, <laughs> we decided that um, we would look to Germany because that was the world-leading um, space at the time for natural coatings. And we started importing products from Germany. And we got them here to New Zealand and just realised that the quality just wasn't good enough to stand up to what really we would need here in New Zealand. As Kiwis um, DIYers, we really like high-quality products that we know they work and that they trust and we don't actually DIY as frequently as say like European countries do and so we really knew that if we wanted to make a goer of this we would have to have three things align we knew that we wanted the health aspect so that they were um non-toxic and healthy we knew that sustainability was super super important um and we knew that um the quality had to line up 
and so uh, after we tried and tested them here, we just knew that they weren't going to work. So we sought out um, some of New Zealand's top paint chemists and then started this journey of really creating natural paint co um, from scratch. So starting with a few products and then building it all the way up to um, now that we have a whole house for a range of timber and paint oil, uh, timber oils and paints. That came out a bit wrong, didn't it? <laughs> no, awesome. And then, like, what what was it like to decide? Because if you're 22 and you've put all that work into becoming a nurse, which mm. is so hard, and yeah. it's like even just getting into the rhythms of ED. Um, yeah. My sister-in-law in, in is a um, uh, is an ED nurse, and that's incredibly hard to get yeah. in and, and, and get all that happening. Was it a hard decision to kind of step out of that? Yeah, um, that's, I love this question. It really was. Um, at the time, I, you know, I had put everything um, into you know, becoming a nurse and graduating, I really felt that that was kind of going to be my career path and I was going to do all of these sorts of be- like wonderful, beautiful things in that career. And um, I was, I didn't come from a lot. And um, for me, providing myself with a really like stable, independent career that I could have was super important to me. And so then quitting that and going into something super unstable <laughs> seems like such a juxtaposition. Sorry. But yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's been um, one of the best decisions I've ever made in the biggest journey. But um, at the time, I didn't actually just go straight into business. I ended up um, saying to James, well, if, if, you, if we're going to do this and I'm going to leave my career and we're going to go full time, I'm going to go traveling. So I uh, skipped the country for three months and spent all my money because <laughs> I was like, I've got I've to go out and um, do the OE experience um, and then came back. And I think, um, so we started when we were 22, but I came on board full time five years ago. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I mean, I guess there's always the possibility to go back if you ever need to and yeah. the world's there. But yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I love those kind of turning points in, in life. Hey? And, um, and, and Joan, so you were in the paint industry and like, yeah, you, you were mentioning a little bit, Grace, there about kind of like what the status quo is with paint, but we don't really think about it a lot, eh, because it's just all around us. Like, what what is the paint industry really like? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a great question. We have such a passive relationship with paint. Um, we're surrounded by, you know, every, almost every building we're in, and we spend 90% of our time indoors. Um, so we're constantly surrounded by it and, you know, being in environments where we could be breathing in what is off-gassing from paint. Um, and so... Yeah, for for us it was about really looking at something that can be done better. Um, you know, as Grace mentioned around indoor air quality, um, and then also the paint industry has its roots in the petrochemical industry. Um, after World War Two, sort of um, utilising petroleum that was left over, um, and it, although it has changed over time, uh, it still has a lot of its roots in that space. Um, and if nobody's challenging it, you know, why would they make changes if it's if it's working. Yeah, what, um, what, what is it made of? Like, what what is what's in the average tin of paint? Yeah, another great question. Um, one thing we there's certain things we do know and certain things we don't know. Um, what we do know is the studied effects of paints. Um, so you know, in terms of like health effects um, and also indoor air quality. The the tricky part with paints is that you don't have to disclose the ingredients. Um, especially in New Zealand. So you can have a myriad of chemicals, a lot of chemicals with very long names, um, thousands of chemicals which can be in products and don't need to be disclosed. So what we're doing differently is we're making sure that we're only using products which have no nasty nasty ingredients, no harmful chemicals on people, and we're disclosing those on the on the can. So the same way you go down to the supermarket and pick up you know, a packet of food and you can see exactly what's in it read the ingredients, see what you're going to be putting into your body. We disclose that on our containers as well so that you know what you're going to be breathing in 
during the application then also mm. after. So paints can off-gas for up to 10 years. Mm. Yeah. And, like, I mean, this this is going to sound like a very dim question, but, like, <laughs> what makes paint work? You know, like, <laughs> like is it kind of like... Um, yeah. Some sticky stuff in the colour, like <laughs> what, what, what even is? Mate? Yeah, sure. So this, yeah, some core ingredients. Uh, you've got um, binders, fillers, dryers. Uh, usually uh, made on like an acrylic or um, petrochemical resin, which is sort of where you get like the body of the properties. Um, and then you've also got usually a solvent in there, which is either water or for an oil-based product, it might be like terps or something like that. Um, and yeah, and then also usually clays and chalks, which might give it body or give it washability or coverage, things like that. So for us, it was really about can we create products which have more of the good stuff and the really high quality stuff, and then we don't have to put cheap chemical fillers in. And that was essentially the task that we gave to the chemists that we approached in New Zealand. Um, so it was about really reducing down where a product could have a thousand ingredients. Most of our paints have about 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've put more of the really high-quality ingredients in, mm-hmm. so more of the main resins, and we're using a really high-quality plant res- blended plant resin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by utilising that, you don't then need all the other like uh, dryers and fillers and, and mm-hmm. chemical. You can even have chemical masking agents, which are, are literally in a paint to stop it smelling so chemically so so much of chemicals but it's a chemical you put in that people are breathing in um so yeah there's it's really reducing all that down and going back to simplicity but also like really high quality simplicity Mm. yes is this going to be one of the things that you know you look back and you're like oh i can't believe that you know um (laughs) they rubbed mercury into hats i can't believe they had lead pipes you know are people going to be like i can't believe that everyone painted the you know when they were uh, got a kid on the way and they'd yeah. paint the nursery just before it arrived just to give them a good old off-guessing experience. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I mean, even paints have had that, right? Asbestos, lead. Mm. You know, we were putting lead in paints and we thought it was fine 50 mm. years ago. Um, same with asbestos. And then now we're paying the price of, you know, um, having to change that. And although those ingredients aren't used anymore, I think in 10, 20 years' time we'll see uh, a lot more research being done about this. And I think it's gaining momentum in all industries. You know, it's not just paint. It's in the food as well. The amount of like, hidden chemicals in our foods that we're, you know, starting to actually look at now seriously. Mm. Um, like Grace said, like makeup, skincare, all of it. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and I think paint's a big one. Yeah, tell us about that process of how you go from that um, insight that, you know, we're all off to, you know, these paint stores a couple of times a weekend when we're doing DIY and then you know, living in these poison environments to actually kind of like getting, um, yeah, to like winning over like chemists to work with you. And and, and yeah, like what's the process there? Yeah, that was quite... um Quite an interesting, quite a fun, fun process. I mean, because as we said, we late looked to Germany um, because we knew that they were the world leaders in this space. And then knowing that um, sustainability was super important important to us and, and um, the ethos of our company. And so we really knew we wanted to make them here in New Zealand if we were going to approach some chemists. And so, yeah, we, we sought, sought out New Zealand's best paint chemists. They've been working in the industry for over 40 years. And um, really we gave them directive was we wanted to make the world's best paint that is better for people and the planet. And um, it's 
pretty easy to get excited about a directive like that, right? When you know and when you've been working in the industry and you know um, that it's not good for us, you know, it hasn't got sustainable practices behind it. Um, They were really on board and, um, you know, we are partnered with them and um, we've now got um, around 15 products that we, you know, send all throughout New Zealand and into Australia. So we've worked really, really hard over the past seven years to develop like a full house system so you don't, you know, there's not almost any situation when you're going to do a project where you can't use natural panko for that. How do you go through the development and testing process there is I mean you know petrochemicals um, you know they're terrible but they're very well understood everyone knows how to (laughs) use them there's so much research behind them like you know is it it kind of like scary even for a 40-year veteran to go oh I won't use my normal palette of things yeah, I guess it probably was to begin with, um, but with any challenge, it's really rewarding, right? And so, um, you know, all of our product uh, interior paints have a 25-year interior guarantee, which is actually the longest in the industry. That's how, um, you know, backed our products are that we believe that they work. And um, so, yeah, we put them through a lot of vigorous testing. We've stress-tested all of the products. Um, you know, the manufacturers are very be- behind all of this. And also with the, a lot of the technology, um, it's New Zealand first, but it has been tried and other places around the world um, and with the plant resins and, and the ingredients that are used. Um, they work. James can probably speak a little bit more to this question as well, I imagine. Mm, yeah, we've done a lot of testing with it um, and also customer feedback. So uh, when we first released uh, the products, we had a very good um, feedback loop with our clients um, to be able to get feedback on how they felt the products were performing, uh, what was important to them. Um, like washability is a really big one in New Zealand. We want to like be able to put paint up. We want it to last a long time because we only want to do it once. But also when the kids get their like, you know, mucky fingers on the walls or the walls get damaged, we want to be able to like, wipe it clean really easily. Um, so that was something where our, our first product we put out was more of like a, a matte finish. Um, but then we uh, did more product development and created a low sheen, which was that really like washable... Um, easy to clean finish as well. Um, yeah, and then it's been it's been a lot of customer feedback and iteration from there. Um, and how do you go about doing that? Because I have you know uh, getting the chemists involved, doing practice <laughs> runs, like displacing um, you know massive petrochemical industries who have yep. all kinds of margin and you know all the rest. Yeah. Like, yeah, how do you go about kind of like? Is there government support or, you know, how have you done that? Mm. Well, I guess another thing to add to what you said was, um, you know, a lot of chemicals are in products to make them cheaper or um, just sometimes out of sheer laziness because it's like let's just, you know, create the cheapest product we can and then charge the most we can for it. Um, And so there's technology out there that has has been out there and is constantly evolving um, that, you know, we've utilised where you don't, when putting more of the good stuff in and not putting the chemicals in which make the product cheaper. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, good to go back to your other question. Um, yeah, a product is only the beginning, right? That doesn't create a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, the, that was the next part was we need to create a business with this product or this idea that we have and actually make it uh, financially viable mm-hmm. and, you know, and create a business around it, which is a whole other kettle of fish because neither of us came from a business background. Yeah, um, well, well let, <laughs> let's come back uh, after the break and hear how you went around building the business uh, and making Natural Paint Co. what it is today.
Spark is proud to partner with the Sustainable Business Network and the Climate Action Toolbox. The free Climate Action Toolbox can provide you with simple step-by-step guides to measure and reduce your emissions. Help lead the way to a low-carbon future for New Zealand. Visit sparklab.co.nz forward slash sustainability to find out more. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. We're back with James Mount and Grace Glass of Natural Paint Co. And so, yeah, tell me, how do you go about starting a company? Um, getting those first customers, convincing people to try something that, you know, it's so obviously better, right? Like anyone who's walked into a freshly painted room knows that there's something not not good going on. Yeah, it's not so fresh, is it? Not so good. <laughs> but yeah, how do you how do you go about getting people to kind of trust you? Yeah, that that this is the fun part. Well, the fun part that I like about how we got started and the journey of Natural Paint Co. So, um, like all the ingredients and how we developed the product, we also decided that we were going to distribute the product differently as well. And um, so. Being um, millennials or or young millennials, um, we knew that online was really going to take off and we could just see that like other industries were starting to move online. And when we started the company, we started on a $20,000 loan. So, you know, that doesn't go very far in setting up like a traditional brick and mortar store or anything like that. And so really we felt that the only approach we could take was to take it online. And so um, during my free time, like when I wasn't working as a nurse, I built our first online platform. Um, took me over 100 hours. I cannot code at all. And it was on um, Weebly, which <laughs> for anyone out there who knows what that is, um, it's the most basic of uh, online platforms you can possibly build. Um, and that's where we started. So we put up some pretty awful pictures of our paint cans, um, which is not what they look like now, and um, put up some awful paint made uh, swatches of our colours <laughs> online and um, we started doing some basic keywords and adwords um, and that's how we, we started and we sold um, some pails of paint and within the first year we were profitable um, and then um, we've grown 50% year on year um, and we've just reinvested back into the company, um, keeping on growing, keeping on growing and um, so yeah, so the question before the break was, um, was there any government support? We haven't seeked, sought gov- government support, um, we've kind of done it done it all of our, on our own. Um, apart from last year, we went um, out to market and raised $1.4 million, um, in capital, and we did that um, through a, what was it called? Um, the words just escaped Crowdfunding. Me. Crowdfunding. Um, and we bought on 184 investors from around New Zealand and, and a few other countries around the world um, to really back what Natural Paint Co's doing and done. And so, um, yeah, we've, we've really grown from there this past year with that. Yeah, and yeah. so that, that's how we started. That's so cool that there's that demand out there for for that. And then 
yeah, how do you sell it in an online first way? So, like, if, um, you know, everyone just probably goes, oh, I need a test pot and I, I'll wander into a store and see a massive booklet with a thousand things. Yeah, yeah. How do you break that kind of pattern? Mm. I don't know. Do you want to speak to that, James? Or do you want? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can talk a little bit about it. Um, that yeah, it's uh, changing consumer buying behaviours is always a challenge. Um, the big, the biggest challenge for us was awareness. Um, so it was getting the brand in front of people, and it was getting the brand in front of people before they're sitting or standing in a hardware store about to buy some paint. Um, so there was a lot of uh, awareness done, you know, through AdWords, Facebook. Um, channel social media channels like that um, and then I think also the word of mouth really helped grow the company because when people had you know used the products and had a really good experience then they you know go and tell five of their friends um, and then it sort of snowballs from there um, yeah mm-hmm. I think and you know being online had a lot of advantages for us um, we could be really close to our customers uh, which allowed us to have that really open feedback um, and we also um, and you know this is a lot of grace's department but created a brand on like real simplicity so not only is you know the paint industry quite heavily relying on chemicals but it's also quite overwhelming you know you don't paint that often in your life and for some reason the industry is sort of geared towards expecting us to become an expert on a topic which, you know, we're not an expert on or a lot of people aren't for a short period of time to be able to paint a room or do some DIY projects. Mm-hmm. And it is really overwhelming. There's so many different weirdly named products for different areas of the house. And so when we started, we really wanted to just reimagine the way a paint company or a coating company could be could go to market and how it could offer something different for the clients and so the products are one thing in terms of the health and sustainability and quality but it was also can we really simplify things mm-hmm. so that you know when people approach us they don't have to become an expert they're really empowered to be able to jump online you know see the products and then be able to get get what they need um, a lot of people know the job that they're doing or the area they're painting but not the necessarily the specific product that they need so for us, we have, you know, like one product, like our wall paint, which is for all interior walls. And then we have a ceiling paint. And then we've got a paint for like bathroom and trim and doors at, rather than having you know, some, some companies have like a paint for a hallway and then a paint for a bedroom, then a paint for a kitchen. It's too, <laughs> so, so many, many options. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so keeping it simple. And then it also meant that you could, you know, buy a 10 litre bucket of paint, it would do two or three rooms in multiple areas of the house without needing to get you know, a whole lot of different ones. Um, and then I guess, you know, the other the other big thing with selecting colour, uh, selecting paint is colour. Um, and that's been, uh, has been a, a fun challenge because people are used to um, seeing colour charts or physical, you know, colour swatches. Um, so we've really been quite innovative in the online space. Um, we display colour in a way that no other company, paint company in the world does. Um, and, you know, really making it as accurate as possible on a on a screen. Um, but then people can narrow down their colour choice and order test pots directly from us that arrive overnight. Um, they're $5 each, free shipping. You get a paintbrush with it, and you also get swatch cards where you can paint out the test pot onto these swatch cards and move them around the house so you mm. don't have to necessarily put it against the wall put it up on the wall and then you you know you put it on the wall you're really committed to painting then um yeah so it was making it as easy as possible for people and then having a really good um sort of customer customer service you know side of the business as well we were really hands-on um to be able to help people you know choose colour or um, also help them like work out quantities, work out product that they need. And then when they do need to order, they'll have it in their home in two to three working days. 
yeah, awesome. And how about colour? Like, <laughs> you know, you, now is it white? Is it half white? Is it alabaster white? Is it, uh, you know, like, like yeah. Yeah. have you taken a different approach to, to, to that? We absolutely have. Yeah. Um, so we only have 150 colours, um, highly curated. All of our colours go together. They all match. Um, we only have something like five whites um, because you don't need a thousand whites to choose from. Um, Paradox of Choice is super real, um, especially in today's day and age. You know, we're overwhelmed with decisions. We've all got decision fatigue. Um, and so that was a huge part of kind of the customer service aspect as well, is that the colour consults, they're helping people feel really um, comfortable with their colour choices. And by um, having us as the, as the experts, I guess, in this space, like really narrowing down those choices, um, have really helped people along that journey. And um, all the 150 colours that we offer is, is all the colours that you need. And we really do find that people love our colour range. Very unique and natural looking and feel. And is it exclusively online, or do you have like retail partners? Or we're we're one hundred percent exclusive online currently. Um, but watch this space. Where yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got some we've got some big things coming. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And so across the kind of like um, you, you know you mentioned a little bit there the the crowdfunding. Mm. Tell us about that process. As mm. I imagine, if you've been like bootstrapping it and mm. doing it yourself and reinvesting and having that kind of like capital must be really great but also that vote of confidence that there's a community around it and people wanting it to work and stuff right yeah yeah that was it was a cool moment hey james like Mm. we um it took us about eight months the total process of raising just for anyone out there who's thinking about starting a business it's quite a big journey um yeah, so it took us about eight months from starting, kind of like signing the documents that we were going to raise into getting the money into our account. Um, quite a big decision on like how much to raise, how much equity, valuation, all of that kind of side. Um, and quite like an expensive process to do all the like the legal side and get it all set up and things like that. Um, and then which way to raise, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can raise capital. And um, we were actually going to go down a different route. And then quite last minute, we decided that we wanted to um, do crowdfunding. And that's because I really felt that our brand had always been built on the people, you know, and we built this brand for the people and for our communities because we wanted them to have access to a healthier product that is better for people on the planet. And I And we really felt that because we had created this product and the feedback, you know, the feedback we get on the products is just insane. This is the best paint I've ever used. I'll never use another brand. Oh my gosh, this is the holy grail of paint. And paint is really boring. Like, you know, like paint is normally really boring and we've made paint really cool. And so we just knew that, well, we really felt that we wanted to give um, New Zealanders in particular the opportunity to really be a part of something that's growing and um, like make such a difference to their lives. And so that was really a big part for us. And it really get, did give us that vote of confidence that people believe in this product and they backed it. And we raised $1.4 million. Like that's not an insignificant amount of money um, from like everyday Kiwis and because they love the brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. But also looking at what you've done, like, that's a very tiny amount of money uh, yeah. compared to, you know, that's... <laughs> it actually is. That, that, Guys, raise more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to try and create an alternative to, you know, a petrochemical-based yeah. industry that has these secret subsidies and, you know, super cheap fillers and all the rest of it, um, you know, it's not a big war test to kind of take on, take on the Yeah, it's a bit of David and well. Goliath situation, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's so cool. You must be so capital-efficient um, to have got there to, to that, that point as well. Like, yeah, and, and like, along the Way. Like, is there anything you'd kind of like wish you'd known earlier, or, or <laughs> things that are? <laughs> oh gosh, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful what you say. You both, you both, you both just totally recoiled. I was like, oh. <laughs> Everything takes a lot longer than you expect, and costs a lot more money than you expect. Mm. Um, and 
I think it's you've got to be patient with that. Um, you know, it's really easy to have really big aspirations, um, but you've got to make sure that your capabilities mm. are equal to. If there's an aspiration line, that's a you know big exponential line going up. You've got to make sure that your capabilities are also um, mm. you know closing that gap between aspiration and capability. Um, and yeah, sometimes um, things just do take time and and cost more, but it can be worth it as well. Um, I think. A big one for us was maybe something we did did well, but we also, in hindsight, would probably uh, do quicker. Was surrounding ourselves with some some good external, uh, you know, people who have experience. Um, I would I would put a caveat to that. I think that it is still good to trust yourself and trust your own intuition, your own instinct. But I think it is good to crowdsource information from people who have a wide range of experience and then run it through your own sort of filter of what feels right for your business because nobody will know your business like you know it. Um, that's also something that we maybe ignored at times. Um, and But yeah, surrounding yourself with good, good advisors um, and there is so there are so many people who are willing to help. Um, yeah. You know, don't um, don't trust blindly, but there are so many people who are willing to help um, mm. because maybe they see a little bit of themselves in you, or they've been down a similar journey before. Um, and so, reaching out, you'll you'll be surprised at how many people are willing to offer, even if it's just like a coffee and an hour chat. Some of our like greatest levels of insight have been from literally a one-hour conversation with somebody, and they probably didn't even realise they said anything that profound. But for us, it was like a light bulb moment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say that. Mm. Well, they're great ones, James. Um, I really agree with you, James, with I think our biggest, one of our biggest kind of advantages was our naivety. I think starting at super young, um, you know, we really felt like we didn't have much to lose kind of when we were kind of starting that up and, you know, this little boutique online paint company that we started and then have grown it into, into the household brand that it is. Um, something I think that we always have tried to live by but wish we had known earlier was that um, perfection is the killer of progress. And I think there's there's still times that we fall into that, but a lot at the beginning we really felt that a lot of the things had to be perfect before taking it to market, or in like in terms of branding and the way it looked and felt, and you know, and and the better way to approach it is kind of just get it out there, test, get your customer feedback, go again, go again, go again. Um, something else I wish that we'd maybe known earlier is potentially not taking so many products to market all in one go. However, that's that is quite difficult when owning a, a, a coatings company that we've created because all the, the products are interrelated, right? Like you have to have the undercoat to have the, the top coat, the, the wall paints, et cetera. Um, but sometimes that's challenging because rather than kind of um, going vertical, sometimes you're going a little bit horizontal, right? Like to try and market and get all of the products out there and the knowledge and the base because, as James was saying, that, you know, barely anyone is an expert in paint and so we shouldn't be I mean don't become an expert in paint it's not really that interesting really I find it interesting um, James loves it do not ask him certain questions he will go on forever um, but you know I, I think um, you know you really want to be going vertical with certain things and, and, and things that that you know work and so the only way to do that is to be close to your customers mm. um, when well, 50% of our business is also oils yes. you know like natural timber oils varnish alternatives that's yeah. Mm-hmm. That is half half of what we do. <laughs> um, so we didn't just start a paint company; we started a, a natural yeah timber oil company as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the whole um, shebang. <laughs> yeah, so that'd probably be mine. My probably biggest one is um, yeah, perfection is the kill, is the killer of progress. 
And where are you heading next? As um, you know, you've managed to build an enormous amount in a short period of time. Like, you know, this this trajectory keeps going. Like, where, yeah, where, where do we see Natural Paint Co. in five years' time? Like, what, what what's on the plans? Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, in the next four to six months, we are going to capital raise again uh, to keep driving growth. Um, and we see Natural Paint Co. as being a product, or being a company that, uh, or products that should be available to everybody, uh, both in New Zealand and also internationally as well. Um, so we definitely want to take this global. Uh, we've already started uh, with a little bit into Australia, um, but we have some real aspirations and some plans to take some key products internationally. Um, to the US and potentially to Asia as well, and then also to Aussie. Um, COVID slowed the plans to Australia down a little bit, but now that that landscape's changing, that's a really big one for us. And then, um, you know, really growing it here in New Zealand as well, even more. Um, we've been very e-commerce focused, and uh, we're looking at um, expanding our distribution methods as well. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out on that. Um, and, you know, our big goal here in New Zealand is to to make Natural Paint Co. Uh, everybody everybody who's thinking about painting in New Zealand to consider Natural Paint Co. as an option. Um, yeah, it's a big mm. aspiration for us. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with all of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And, yeah, just a couple of questions we like to ask everyone. What would your advice be for anyone who sees, like, a really big problem like this and um, decides to try and kind of, like, to, to, to take it on? Well, when we went into it, we were like, we'll do it for a couple of years and then we'll will be out, you know, like, we'll just give it a try. And, um, I mean, it's we love it so much, we would, we'd never want to be out. But um, I guess it does come back to be prepared for the hard work and the hustle. Um, it's extremely rewarding, but it is an absolute roller coaster. Um, <laughs> anybody in business will tell you it's a roller coaster. It has really big highs, and then it has a lot of challenge as well. Um, and there can be a lot of times when you think your back's against the wall, but I think that's those are defining moments that you know help you grow through into sort of the next iteration of yourself mm. and also the next iteration of business. I think that's just mm. what growth is in general, whether it's your own personal growth or business growth. Mm. You know, growing pains are a real thing. Um, and yeah, it's through those challenges. So I think be prepared for that. Um, there's a lot of there is a lot of sacrifice, but you know, the people who are in business, most of them say that it's worth the reward is worth it. Mm. Um, and also don't underestimate the skills you're learning along the way. Yeah. You know, we weren't qualified to be running a business or, you know, be... We don't have any MBA. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, but you learn so much on the job and along the way mm. that, um, you know, you might not have a degree in anything after it, but, you know, you've, you've got a degree. A degree in life. A degree in, yeah, <laughs> life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say that, yeah, don't underestimate that because it's quite easy to see other people um, achieving, you know, our peers achieving different things or at different stages in life. And then, um, yeah, don't play that comparison game because you, you don't realise how much you will gain from it, regardless of where your business goes or where your idea goes. Mm. Um, and the, probably the, the final thing would be um, an idea is great, but, um, it, the it, to for it to be a business, you know, it needs to be more than just an idea. And I think that's where there's a lot of people with good ideas, um, many many people with good ideas, and probably so many good ideas that never eventuate because people don't move, you know do something with them. Um, mm. So it will require that push and a bit of hustle and hard work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like a little bit of 
you kind of just have to take the leap, you know, at some point, mm. like if you truly believe in, in your idea and you can really visualise where that where it can go as a brand. And um, I think really knowing the ethos and the values um, that you have for yourself and for, for your business or your company, uh, you know, Natural Paint Co has started with with the ethos of health quality and sustainability the three pillars and we've never moved from those and so anytime there's any product iteration it must fit all three of those things anytime we um, evolve as a brand it must fit those three things we are uncompromising on those three things as for Naturopanko and I think that's really important to know that before you you head in because there will be times when you are challenged there will be times where um, you know different investors might want to like move those that pillar or um, or customers you know might want to move this or distribution or COVID or whatever you get faced with Um, but you have to know what your company started on and and yeah and have those like ethics like just just really built down um so it would probably be one of mine um i think i agree with james kind of yep take that leap of faith um kind of have the naivety because i think it's really you know that that's bliss to have some naivety but also on the flip side just know that like it's going to be a lot of hard work it's not just a year um of building it up um you know it, it's that age old it's a um overnight uh, overnight success that took 15 years you know mm-hmm. um you know not, nothing happens overnight no no you know diamonds are, are made under pressure right <laughs> so you know you need you need to put in the hours and the work in order to to get that success um, and I think surrounding yourself with really good people uh, we have not done this alone in the sense of yes we're, we're the ones that every day like putting it in but we have a great team behind us we've built a great team with a great culture um, you know people who believe in the success of the brand we've got wonderful advisors around us we've got 184 investors behind us um, and so yeah that's been a big one for us um, and I'm going to say it again, but perfection kills progress. You have to just keep moving forward. And um, what's your one? You say something about motivation, James, that like, oh, action breeds motivation, not the other other way around. around. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, some days when you're really tired, you know, because like I found it, you are really tired. You take, it sometimes feels like you're taking on the world, you know, because you are, you're taking on, you're responsible for every single facet of the brand and you wear so many hats and even as you build out the team you kind of wear those hats and then some more because now you have people um you know that you're responsible for and and making sure that they're doing a really good job and happy in their workplaces you know and so you can't just rely on your motivation to get you out of bed for some days because some days the highs are like amazing you know and you're on cloud nine and then sometimes it's just simply just really hard challenges you know um for all the people in business covid and people in life like COVID's been really challenging we didn't know we were going to have to go through that you know and so I think you know action like everyday action breeds that motivation and then it does it snowballs and you just see this this thing that you kind of visualized you know on, on that first day like you know remember we used to visualize James just of like you know what natural paint could do what would it feel like when we got that feedback that people loved the product and then you kind of and then it just keeps going as you like mm. build up yeah yeah, yeah. Um, be easy on yourself yeah <laughs> I love yeah. I love that action breeding um motivation and not the other way around and as a final thought what will success be for natural paint co and for you personally success for natural paint co will be um where i think that natural paint co has affected change on the industry and you know that that natural coatings um being paints and oils are the commonplace you know and that like the question earlier in the podcast was this is what we're going to look back on and be like we can't believe we ever did it any other way and i think 
for us, like that's truly what we're trying to do here with Natural Paint Co. Is pave the way that this this is the future. You know, we're already living in the future of what um, natural coatings can be, um, and that for New Zealand that every Kiwi has access so accessibility for us the, the next evolution of Natural Paint Co is about accessibility of the products for people uh, so not just staying in the e-commerce space um, and then globally yeah taking um, what we have created here in New Zealand to the world because it shouldn't be kept a secret because they're so bloody good um, you know and we want everybody to have access um, to the products that we've created so that would be success um, for the business for me mm. James I agree with that mm. um I think a lot of the time when you're in business, you're constantly looking to the next thing, um, and it's almost you don't feel like you've maybe maybe not that you haven't achieved success, but that like you can't really celebrate it because it's like okay, I've got these next things that I'm aiming for, and then it's when you take time and stop and then look back, you can go, oh, we've achieved so much success. There's all these milestones that we never thought, you know, we didn't know we'd get past or we didn't know we would achieve. So I think there's always sort of success but it changes the way it looks each time it's like you accomplish one thing or you get to where you want it to go and then it's like okay where can we take this next so it's hard to answer because I can only look at it through the lens of where we're at at the moment but (laughs) in five years time it'll look different and then what success will be you know what metric of success will be then will be different again it's (laughs) that constant growth and evolution I have another one. I think in, in 10 years' time, um, when you go into someone's garage and um, it's a natural paint co-bucket, you know, when you've got leftover paint in it and it used to be other pa- paint companies, I think when, it, when it's our one that's sitting there, it's like, hey, yeah, that the, was us. Or the kid, the kid fishing at the wharf, <laughs> yeah, eh? using it as a, a bait you, bucket. Or <laughs> yeah, and you, see, you kind of see it dotted around yeah, and you're like, nice hey, feeling. that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that future that you two are making. That's so cool. Thanks so much for joining us. That's James Mount and Grace Glass. Thank you so Natural much. Panko. Cool, thanks. Cheers. Cheers. So thank you to Grace and James, to you for listening, and for everyone who helps make this happen, like our producer, Samuel Robinson. Do follow Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to rate and leave a review if you like what we do. In order. From the Spinoff Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.